we want to welcome everybody this morning. We've got a lot of people here, there, and everywhere. And uh, I just got back from uh, a whole week at camp. I am camp sleep deprived. <laughs> if, if I say things and you know slur speech and things like that, I, I promise it is only because you know the five, four or five hours of sleep I got every night didn't didn't quite do me. But um, back from Living Waters, I'm gonna I want to share a couple of pictures from it just. Uh, to give you guys just a nice picture, that's what I got to see this week. Uh, amazing! If you've never anybody, if you've not been to Living Water, it's a great, awesome place to be. But right behind their their property is like five distinct, crazy, awesome waterfalls, and I'll show you a couple of them. That was one of them. There's another one. Just keep flipping. There was another one off to your right. That's the big cathedral up above that. And this is a really neat area, right? Right the camp going to the next one the camp's like right up there and there's one of the houses that um that was first built well go back to that one there you go i mean that, that's just amazing there's a you know waterfall on your left cascade over here on your right then in the middle there's a like they call it the jacuzzi it's like 16 feet deep it's just a big old nice circle that the kids you know can and tammy jumped in that great it's awesome <laughs> And I, I had to take this picture. This is just the house built on the rock. I mean, that is a pure picture. That whole red house is built totally on rock, which is amazing. So keep going. And oh, it was awesome. I got, uh, of course, Ron Bernard was there speaking, and um, the, our, the some of our worship team. And and I did go to the highest place I have ever been on this planet at this point, uh, over a mile high. Uh, Ron and I took a trip over the parkway. We went. For quite a while, it was it was quite amazing though. If you've never been up to that area, go keep going past Living Water and keep going. You'll hit the you'll hit the Parkway. And it was just amazing. Uh, keep going. And that was that was on my way back home. I was like, man, I got to stop. <laughs> man, that's the beauty of the Lord right there, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure why I didn't stay, but one of the fun things they do. Um, the next one is a big ginormous mud battle, which is. They make a big, ginormous mud pit in the back. And thank the Lord, I thought I was going to miss it. Ron and I were gone way too long. Uh, and we, we, they were supposed to start at 1.30. We got back at 3, and they just had started it. So I got, and I got these, and they have a big old tug of war, which is hilarious. And, uh, and then, of course, there's my, my messy kids. And uh, that was them actually tug of warring. I think that was it, maybe. Yep, yep. All right. So I just wanted to kind of give you, a, just show you, amazing time, ama- amazing place. Um, and one of the things that um, we've been doing lately is just this kind of a series on grace. And we're really going to keep with the same scripture that we talked about last week. Um, just we talked about this first Peter or Second Peter one four or one ten. No, wait a minute. First Peter four ten. Did I get that right? Yeah. Or is it second? All right. First Peter four ten. Yeah. Like I said. If I've messed up on any of this, uh, you'll just have to bear with me. Yeah, I have a lot of grace. I need a lot of grace today. But it was really neat. Um, the Lord has just been giving us an opportunity to have others share, and we're going to tag team again today. And I've got um, Leah and Shelly and Joe, hopefully. <laughs> Joe forgot he was supposed to do nursery and speak at the same time. So check your schedule when you say you will speak. But he might come in and share a couple things. But um, just really neat time, and I, w- I just want to kind of hit the facets of last week, what we did, and so kind of bring you up to speed, but that foundational passage in, is First Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, 
employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And we're just going to really focus on that, kind of break it down in just a, a few minutes. But in that, he shared last week that gift, this thing called charismata, um, it, it's kind of interesting, gift there, charis, it just means grace. Um, when they, when they uh, translate it, 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 gift is just this expression of grace in you and in me. It's nothing about you. It's really nothing about me. I, I mean, it's so funny. I think about myself standing up here talking like that. I mean, I think 10 years ago and 15 years ago, there's like there's nothing in me that gets up here. Like nothing. Like I don't. I w- didn't choose. Wouldn't have done. You know, I'm I'm in the back of the room. Those type of things. So it's just an expression of grace. You know, God's grace to grow us. It's a process. It's a it's a place of, of really life giving flow of, of ministry and life into us. And so anyway, a gift is a repeated flow of grace through us to love and to serve others. And, um, and I'm going to share some testimony kind of in and out of this week. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, uh, I, I probably had one of the hardest weeks I've ever had, one of the hardest weeks I've ever had in my life uh, this week. You know, it was really amazing. Glory. Because last Sunday, I really had this place of like, man, I was like excited. I was kind of like, you know, you nervous. I'd never been to this camp. I've, you know, I'd done youth camps a lot. Tulio and I used to run them, which is, was quite hilarious. Uh, so if you can get the videotape of some of those, it'd be probably quite amusing. But, uh, but Tulio and I used to do youth camps. So, we, I, mean, I mean, I'm kind of excited about that. I kind of had expectation, you know, I'd go up there and love on the kids, encourage them, build them up, and this, that, and the other. And, and uh, got up there and... Um, really, the first the first night got asked not to minister, basically, because I was a I am a parent, and I was like, man, I am a parent. That's weird. <laughs> I am a parent. That's right. I forgot. You know, it was funny. I got in there. And I I offered to kind of. I just kind of share a little quick testimony. I got in there, shared a. Uh, I was like, you know, they didn't have anybody run PowerPoint, which I I don't mind doing. So I was like, yeah, I was just finding a way to, you know, just love and encourage and build up. And of course, you know. B.J. McDonald, who's over the camp, said, yeah, sure, Mitch, I mean, you can come up anytime or whatever. And, and so it's funny, I go in there, because I was kind of unsure, because I didn't make the parents' meeting, which the parents' meeting would have told me that, because we were transporting kids back and forth. It wasn't on purpose. I got there late. And so basically, they, their heart is to really let the parents, you know, really hang out, n- number one, serve, because that's what we, I got to do, dishwashing duty. Oh, wait, dish, dish runner, uh, which is fun. Um, but their, their heart is really to let, you know, really let the youth and let the parents uh, be there and let the youth be up there, really, you know, aside. Because, I, I mean, I realize, I'm sure you can get all sorts of parents in there doing all sorts of things. That, but this is Mitch, right? You know? <laughs> don't they, like, don't they know what they're missing, right? I mean, <laughs> like, come on. So, you know, yeah, I get in there, and it was, it was so funny. I got in there, I was, and so BJ said, yeah, sure. So I went in there, and I, you know, Tara was like, did they let you in? Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, BJ says, all right. So right before it started, um, Dave Hughes, which y'all, most of y'all know Dave Hughes, he was also an intern that came through here. You know, he comes up, and he, re- he did it. I mean, I've got to go back and tell him. He just did a really good job of this. But he came up and said, you know, kind of was rubbing my shoulder. He's like, Mitch, you know, like, what are you doing here? You know, he kind of just, you know, we really need the parents to, you know, be over there. And, you know, he did a really gentle job of doing that. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's no problem. Because really I was fighting this battle. I'm like, I 
my, my giftedness to, to want to love on people and minister to people, it got, I'm like, I really want to do that. And I love youth camp anyway, but then I was over here going, all right, so Kaylee and Kinsey need some probably separation too. But, but it was like, I mean, I was battling. So, and so he asked me to leave. And so, you know, I'm like, you know, in my heart, I'm kind of all right with it. But, man, as soon as I got out and I started going down that, uh, back to the camp, I'm like, man, where do I fit in? Like, one of the first times I, like, Mitch Simonis does not know where to go. Like, I, I can't minister with the youth. I really don't belong. I, I don't, not that I didn't belong to the parents. I don't, I didn't know any of the parents. And they're kind of like a, probably an inward group because they've, they've known each other for, some of them, for 15 years. So you're, you're trying to get in. You're like, so nothing that you can do really gets you in other than just being yourself. And I was having a hard time doing that. It was amazing. You know, amazing testimony. So I had probably this crazy uh, week, and I'll kind of share some in and out of that. But you know, all of a sudden, you know, this you talk about gifting and and talk about like when when you can't do something, you know, are you okay with just being you and the Lord? Are you okay? And and the hard part is that the Lord really gave me a place to give that gifting away, and I missed it. Really missed it all week. Um, really, I did. And I'll talk about that as I go. But really, those three actions in there, you got to receive, you got to employ, and you also have to serve. And the hard part is that any of those three things could, could get you in trouble if, you, if you're not walking in that. I was thinking, of course, I think Ernie just stepped out. He probably did. But I was thinking about Kathy in relationship to, you know, maybe wouldn't say this is a spiritual gift per se, but she has a gift of cooking, right? <laughs> now, now, what if she would have never really received that she was a good cook or really received that she could do that? I mean, where would Ernie be at this point in time? <laughs> I mean, Ernie would have probably died by now because the only place he would probably have eaten was Burger King with Swifty and with <laughs> his little groupies that go there. Um, but he would have probably died by now because all he had known to do is eat Burger King, right? He'd have been left with that. So she needed to receive that gift. But think about this. If she receives that and says, okay, I am a good cook. Well, I'm going to cook this amazing meal and invites all these people over and then decides she's not going to employ that meal to those people. I mean, what do you, wouldn't that be kind of weird? Kind of be like, Kathy, can we eat? Oh, no, no. No, I just wanted to make it. I just wanted to kind of have it here because I mean, that's what I'm. I'm good at doing that. I just wanted to have it. Well, the, heart, the thing is that the, the gift of cooking is to, to give it away, right? Anybody that needs to give that gift away can always invite me over or my family. So you need that, you need that expression to employ the Simonis will come over. But the reality is, the hard part, though, is that she could also give, employ it, but then do it in the wrong, in the wrong attitude and, and being able to say, well, I'm going to give this, but I need, the, I need something back in return, you know. I, I, need to be, I, I need to get praise. I need to get glory from you guys or else I can't. I'm not going to give that. So it is a place that I, I've got to give that unhinderedly to, to whoever. And that, that's what we're talking about, this whole giftedness, you know, the spiritual gifts and the things that God's going to give us. We're not going to get into technicalities of those, but the reality is I want to stir us up in that. I want to stir you up. And you always have to keep this perspective as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's saying you've got to, like, he's given you this, there's giftings that he's given you. Steward them. Like, steward them in the, in the right way. And, 
And Shelly's going to come and share some of the importance of this, this flow of grace. That's, that was kind of a breakdown of where we've been. So I'm going to get her to share. Thank you. Good morning. And I would ask for that same sleep-deprived grace (laughs) because we're actually, we're doing really well. Will was only waking up once at night until two days ago when he learned to turn over. So now every time he wakes up, he wriggles his arms out of his swaddle. He turns himself over, but he hasn't figured out he could just lay his head down and rest. So whenever he gets tired of holding up his head, he cries. So I have to go in and flip him back over. And so now it's every two or three hours I'm getting up instead of getting my nice sort of stretches of sleep we had. So I appreciate that, Grace. Um, Yeah, and I brought sort of a heavy illustration, so I'm going to ask Ben to set this up while I am getting started. So when Mitch told me that we were speaking on this verse again, I... um, I thought I'd go back and kind of look at it in context. And I went back to, the thought kind of starts in 1 Peter 4, 7, where Peter says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, and then he lists four or five things that he's encouraging the church to do. Um, And then it says, so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, you know, that first phrase kind of struck me because, for better or for worse, I have been profoundly aware that the end of all things is near from a very young age. And this is because my parents have been planning for their imminent doom and demise for as long as I can remember. Just a small example is when I was eight, probably, and my sister was six, um, they were going on a flight, and they seriously considered taking two separate airplanes lest one should go down. But they didn't. They took the same flight, but what they did do was they sat us down before they left, and they gave us um, the number to the, their, um, the lawyer who takes care of their estate lawyer. They walked through the life insurance policy with us and talked about how to access that. They, um, you know, they told us we would be going to live with Aunt Kathy if they didn't come home, which that was what terrified me the most. I prayed. <laughs> really. I prayed fervently every day they were gone that they would come home because I did not want to go live with Aunt Kathy. So, I mean, that might have been part of the strategy they had there. But, you know, from a young age, I realized, whoa, this could all be over really soon. And, and they still, I was just home two weeks ago, and I was getting end-of-life li- end instructions throughout my visit. My dad said he wants to be set up in a corner. All he needs is a gro- bowl of granola, uh, a TV, and a comfortable chair. He said he won't be any problem. If he has those things, he'll be good. And my, and my mom was telling me specific songs she wants played when she's kind of demented and out of her mind because she thinks they'll calm her down and keep her from getting too agitated. So, <laughs> really. And let me say, my parents are 62, 63, just retired, full of life. So, you know, it, but I can sometimes think they're a little crazy for this. But in, in a way, they are profoundly aware that the end of it, all things is near. And just like David saying, you know, teach me to number my days. Um, because when we're aware of that, we live. You know, lest we live like we have all the time in the world and squander the time that we do have. So, you know, their life reflects that. You know, my mom gets in trouble if she gets out in the, of the bed in the morning without cuddling. Like, that's, that's a no-no. And, you know, they, my mom makes a trip down here once a month to help take care of Will because she values her grandchildren. So they invest their time and their gifts where it's important. Um, so if I were to kind of summarize the big thought for this, um, I think it says, because time is short, do the things that are important and the things that you are created to do so that God is glorified. 
And anything, this is a list of things that we do to glorify God, and that's what we were created for. You know, the Westminster Catechism said the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Well, here are some ways to do that. You know, we're getting this insight. So couched in there, I'm not going to go through the other things, but it's a good list to just kind of check up on and see if we're doing. Um, But couched in there is verse 4. As each one has received a special gift... Employ it, serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So I brought this visual. Thanks. Um, And this is kind of how I picture this. And Mitch, would you mind holding this glass? Thanks. Under there. So this is us. We are vessels. And we were designed to sort of be stewards of this grace of God. And God has this endless picture, if you can see, of gifts and grace that he wants to pour into us. So... You know, he's up there wanting to pour into us, and then we have a choice. We can either kind of open the spout. Sure. We can either kind of open the spout and let it flow out of us as we're being poured into. And this is what we were created for. This is how we were designed to operate. Or, and this is kind of what Mitch and Lee, I think, are going to expand on later. We can turn the spout off and kind of just stay full and not pour out. Or we can put the lid on and not receive the gifts and the grace. So this is kind of a picture of what we were created to, our purpose, um, how we are created to function. And, you know, this is just one person, but imagine, thanks, that's good for now. But imagine if this is whole network of these vessels. And I'm getting poured in by God, but also other people. And then I'm pouring into others, and they're pouring into others, but it's fluid. Then this person might come back and pour into me, and then I might pour into someone who's poured into me. And then, you know, so it's this whole network of vessels, and picture the water in that scenario. It's flowing freely through everyone, and there's so much just space for it to kind of flow and be moving, and that's how the Spirit wants us to operate as a body. But now imagine say half of us have our spouts turned off and we you know and I put this water in this morning but imagine it's been in here for weeks months years and what's it, what happens it's going to think about stagnant water it's going to get old it's going to grow algae it's going <laughs> to maybe start to smell I don't know but um you know and then picture the flow of the water in our body there's half of us who are out of it and there's not as much room for the flow of those gifts and that grace and so this is kind of what I want you to visualize as we're talking about this and kind of ask yourself, where am I in this picture? And for me, recently, I have felt saturated. I have just felt like I'm so full. I've been bursting at the seams. And after last week, I went up to Leah and I said, I need to talk to you guys about where I can get involved. I, I, you know, I've just been feeling like so full and aware that it's not a good situation to be full and not pouring out. Um, you know, after we had Will, which is such a blessing in and of itself, I've been blown away by the body. Lindsay Brinkley set up a meal train for me. She works full-time, takes care of Tristan, invests in so many people's lives, but she took the time to set up a meal kind of schedule and then check back in and make sure it was full. You know, if there's anyone I could pick to be in my corner in life, she is. She's one of them. I knew she would make it happen. Um, Shalene Massey brought me a meal with a 10-week-old. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you should still be getting meals, you know? And I was a little freaked out. Like, am I supposed to be ready to take someone else a meal when Will's 10 weeks? Because I'm not sure I'm going to be there. Um, Who else? There was someone else I wanted to mention. Um, 
Oh, I know, Tamara Shimizono. I saw her earlier, but she might not be in here. But she came to hang out with Will for a few hours while I was working, but he slept the entire time, which, you know, of course. So what did she do? She cleaned my bathrooms. Whoa. You know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. There's a point where I thought, oh, no. That's not exactly what I thought. It was basically, oh, no. I can't receive any more because I can't. I can't give this all back. But I was so blessed last week when Jim shared that we give out of who we are. You know, I don't have to, at when Will's 10 weeks, cook a meal. You know, I don't know that anyone would be blessed by that anyway. So <laughs> that doesn't have to be my gift. And I don't, maybe don't have to clean anyone else's bathroom. It would probably be a good practice for me. But, you know, I can serve out of how I'm gifted. And that was really freeing for me. So, um, you know, the way I'm applying this is I just... I'm asking, okay, God, what can I do? And in the past, I know that I may have not been pouring out for, you know, I know Mitch and Lee are going to cover a lot of the heart issue reasons, but for me, sometimes it's just been, well, gosh, I work 50 or 60 hours a week, and I'd love to lead worship with my husband, but I can't get to church at 7 on a Thursday night. Or, um, you know, well, no one's asked me to to do anything, and I kind of have a full plate already. If they asked, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably do it, but, you know, I just, I'm not taking the initiative to do that. Things like that have really kept me, and I could say, well, now I have a four-month-old, and this is the time I just really need to relax, and I should be receiving, but absolutely not, you know, and I've been feeling lately this just sort of, ugh, like I have to figure out a way to give back, and, and I don't know what that's going to look like. But, you know, last week I asked Leah if we could talk about it, and I asked God to show me ways, and then I was given this opportunity this morning. I'm like, well, praise the Lord, you know? Um, and if we each just ask every day, and we go through seasons. Maybe you're in a season of, well, this is a season where you get healing prayer to release whatever's blocking this, so then in the next season you can really pour out. Or, you know, maybe it's a season, you know, for a long time, all I did was once in a blue moon, I'd come forward and pray with someone. But if every Sunday I'd been asking, God, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to pray with? Um, I might have done that a lot more. I know, Becca, not too long ago, I heard something for you, and I didn't say it. So I'm sorry. You know, that's just a little thing. And I wish I remembered now, and I don't. But, you know, God, I pray God speaks it to you some other way. But, um, you know, little things like that, it doesn't have to be leading a ministry, but little things like that um, I think can go a long way. So two other sort of little facts I want to share just in a way of motivation. Um, scientists did research on brain chemistry uh, in, around the area of giving, and they specifically did it around financial giving, but I'm going to extend that to giving gifts and giving of our time and that kind of thing. Um, when we give, it activates the pleasure centers of the brain the same way that cocaine, having sex, and chocolate does. I'm just saying, if you don't remember anything else, you might remember that. So, <laughs> there's, I know, where can I give my gifts, really? So, you know, and I say that to say it's just evidence of how God created us because he made us to do that, which is why it activates those pleasure centers. Um, you know, and just another little tidbit, when someone comes in with depression, oftentimes one of the prescriptions that we as counselors give is to volunteer. 
Is there any spiritual background behind that? Not necessarily, but it's because it works. Because when you volunteer, when you give of your time, you are, again, activating that dopamine in your brain. You're happier, does the same things that antidepressant does, and, you know, you're, you're feeling better. So it's just purely practical in the world sense. But for us, it's so much more than that. So that's just a little motivation <laughs> for just really thinking today as we talk about it, where am I? Am I blocked here? Do I have this closed off? And if I don't know how or where to get involved, just the first step is asking, you know, God, I want to. Will you show me where and show me opportunities? I figured I'd get Tulio to get the sign-up sheets ready to go, so it's going to be a lot, a lot of people signing up to give after that, after that fact. That's great. Awesome. And, because, and, and this is what we want to really focus on, like what, you know, here or even here, like what, what does stop up the flow? Like what, what gets in there? I think I threw a couple pictures in there, you know, of, you know, I think of, when I think of pipes, I think of sinks or pipes and, you know. Like this one. I mean, is, is anything going in and out of that one? No. I mean, but as soon as you just take the softball out, you know, they, they had to dig that whole thing up because somehow the softball got in there. But uh, go on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, sorry, I had to do that. Because sometimes it's like, sometimes there's like softballs in a way, and we know what they are. It's like, man, we just need to get that out. But sometimes it's like a mixture of a whole bunch of junk and grease and grime and Muck. Go on to the next one. I'll get that off of it. But you think about that. I mean, it's a good illustration. How, how much am I going to be able to flow like that? I might be able to flow somewhat, but I, I'm going to be cut off. And um, so we're going to talk about real quick, maybe five real quick things about what, what does stop up. Why, why sometimes are we not in that place of walking out in our giftings or, or that giving part we've been talking about? You know, the vision that we're really going into is growing, giving, connecting. And this whole facet of giving, whole facet of just living life, like uh, Shelly said, in relationship to man, how, how to live life in this relationship to giftings. And this comparison, I'm just going to introduce it, and then Joe's going to come. Where is Joe? Oh, there I am. <laughs> he, was supposed to, he was over there. Now he's there. Um, you know, this whole facet of comparison, you know, we've talked about it a lot, so I'm not even going to go through whole facets of it, but it is huge because, I mean, I lived that out this week. I mean, all of a sudden, I was in a place I couldn't minister to kids. I didn't know what to do with the parents. And now I'm really left to, man, Mitch, like me. Like, and then all of a sudden, you start, man, then all of a sudden, all this starts coming into play. You start comparing. You're like, gosh, you know, am I, man, if I was only gifted enough or, you know, if I was in this facet or this place. And, and I went to a really pretty low place first couple, well, first two or three days. Uh, you know, and this, just this place of like, gosh, like where, where am I at? And so this whole place of comparison, could you think about it at the end of this? You know, we're not bold to compare ourselves or class, or sorry, we're not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves or compare themselves with themselves, then you're what? I became this week without understanding because I left the place of, Mitch, what's in you? Like, and I missed this awesome opportunity. Anybody know Tim Philbeck? I mean, a lot of y'all know he was, a, he was an intern that came through. Well, I got to meet his brother, Keith. And I could tell all week that this guy, I mean, he was a great serve. I mean, he was an awesome guy. He gave me serve. But I could tell, I mean, I discerned so much in his heart was like needed 
someone just to go in there and love on him. I, uh, and I missed it. I was like waylaid almost all week with just the, all the stuff like resounding in me. And so there was this place that I, even in that comparison, it, it tried to cut me off and I was without understanding to a place I couldn't even move. Um, and then this next one, um, you know, you think about, you know, when David and, and Saul, you know, David, I mean, sorry, David was going up against the Goliath and he was at Saul and he was with Saul, and it says, When the words which David spoke were heard, they were told to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail on account of him, for your servant will go and fight for the Philistine. So he, 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 I think he had this gifting of faith. Like, I mean, I don't know what that looked like back in the day. You know, but the reality is, I mean, he had something in him. I mean, he could take on a, the, the uh, lion and the bear, but then he's like, well, Who's this Philistine? But look at what the response was, because there's always going to be a response when, when God speaks into me what, who I am, what I'm doing, well, then all of a sudden there's going to be comparison. Then Saul said to David, you're not able to go up against this Philistine to fight him, for you're but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. And, of course, what was David's response? Hey, it's, I've already been with the lion and the bear, so I already know who my God is. Now, I wish I would have gone there this week. Oh, I know who my God is. I know, I know. I'm confident in that. But I didn't, and I, was, I struggled. And so there's these two places, really, uh, especially in comparison, go on to the next one, coveting others' giftings instead of recognizing the beauty of the gift that's in you. I mean, how many times can we get in that place, man, if I was only this person or if I only had that gifting of that, if I only had, you know, Randy Clark's gift of faith, I could go forth and heal nations, whatever. You know, and all of a sudden, whatever that looks like could be just, the reality is, I, you know, I can't even get in that place because I'm coveting someone else's gifting. Instead of really realizing the beauty of mine. And, um, and Joe's going to come and share a couple uh, facets about the whole, uh, a couple more of these uh, talks. But I just want to kind of start that whole thing in relationship to comparison. He's going to talk about belittling as well. So, Man, I don't even know if I'm ready to touch the microphone after Shelly just <laughs> brought the house down. Man. <laughs> Woo. That was <laughs> oh god! Bam! I don't know if I could do this. Oh man, that was really awesome. That was great. I needed that big time. Um, so yeah, just a couple of things I wanted to touch base on why this spout. You know, I guess for me personally, like why is there have been times when this spout has just been turned off when I haven't allowed it to be opened up, or when I've when I've like put the lid on that. Um, and you know. I've been um, hanging out with that parable of the talents, I guess, over these last couple weeks. That Jared even brought it up last week. It was really, I was like, yeah, man. And um, but what what I th- one thing that really stuck out to me in that parable is, you know, so the master he has these three servants and he hands them their talents, right? And he says, you know, like I guess according to um, according to his ability, right? Uh, so that's kind of hard to realize. Who wants to be the guy that gets one, you know? You're like in line. The master is like, you're very faithful. Here's five talents. And then he goes to the next guy, you know, here's your three. I think I've got one left for you, you know? It's like, ah, okay. And it's really interesting. That guy who was only given the one, you know, he, he buried that sucker because he was really, and why? Like, why did he bury it? And... You know, that's what the Lord has been speaking to me. Um, when you read there, the master comes back, you know, and he, he's, praising, he's praising the ones that invested it 
that multiplied it. He invites them into the joy of the, of the master. Um, but then to the one that the, the one who he gave one and who buried it, man, uh, you know, he says, that, he says, Master, I, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, um, where you scattered no seed. That's pretty interesting to think, like, God reaps places where he didn't even sow, because he's amazing like that. And so the servant translates that into, that guy is hardcore, right? I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to be on the other end of not being able to produce, right? And so he didn't know the heart of his master, so, for me, there was a lot of times where I wasn't opening this spout and flowing freely because if I would have, it would have been out of, well, let me see what I can produce. You know, let me see what I can conjure up and make happen. Let me see what I can, what, what's really giftings I have in me because I want to prove that I got something to give and I want to do it, you know. And so, uh, but if I open it up and it's not good enough, then I'm going to fail and I'm going to lose the talent, you know? But, so it's almost safer to just keep the cap on. It's almost safer to not open up the spout. And so, going through the process of really understanding, like, what it is and who it is that's doing this and really what it means to just be able to do that, you know, that's, there's, there's freedom in that. Um, so then, um, there's one other thing. What was that? What else was I going to talk about? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So small beginnings, right? I'm going to, I, you know, I used to really think um, I was going to do, like, amazing things. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I, when I was, like, five years old, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I just made this up. But I felt like the Lord told me at five years old, like, you're going to do amazing things. And I was like, man, yeah, I'm going to do, like, I pictured that in my head. as like standing in front of a crowd, like, thousands of people, you know, just saying words and people weeping falling to their knees and just under the power of the glory of the Lord. And I want that to be the case one day, right? But that, I used to have that, I used to hang on to that, and I used to think that what I had to do had to be so great and so awesome that I would wait, you know, for those big opportunities. And, you know, a lot of times I, I overlooked and I missed those tiny, little, little, tiny opportunities right there in front of me. And so we all know what the scripture says. Like, if you're faithful and little, you know, you'll be given much. And we see that with the talent. You know, that almost, like, causes me to wonder, that guy who got the five talents when he started out, was that his fifth round of the master going away? Was he, the, was he ever on an inn where the master gave him one and walked away? Came back, and he was faithful with that one. 
the next time the master gave him two. And he was faithful with that too. So um, a lot of times I'm, I was guilty, am and I'm working through being guilty of um, like, oh, well, that's, you know, like I'm at the grocery store and I see somebody who maybe I get a word for them or maybe they just, you know, whatever it is, anything small. If, you know, if I'm like, oh, that's not big enough for what I want to do. You know, so I was guilty of that, but I am. So I'm, you guys hold, hold me accountable for that. All right? All right, cool. Amen. I think, and that goes along with my testimony, and just this week, you know, I, just like Joe, he is doing amazing things, FYI. Uh, that's the great thing. And, um, but even this week, you know, where I, I was looking to the big of ministering to all the kids and ministering to all the counselors and, and, and being in that environment, and I missed the small. The one, that, I think that was the assignment that God had given me, and I, I really missed it. And it doesn't mean I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling condemnation, and I'm going to, you know, have a pity party for a week over that. I, I missed it, but that doesn't mean I can't, that God can't redeem that. I mean, I got his number. I have his email. I mean, I, I can start a relationship with, with him in relationship to that, but the cool part is that God redeems those things. And so, and I, I have this stink, sneaky suspicion that had the one guy didn't bury it, had he tried to do something and lost it, I just have a sneaky suspicion that God would have given him another. You know, I think, we're, I think under that fear, we sometimes tend to like, <gasps> you know, well, I, I don't know what to do. I'll just, I'll just, you know, hibernate and cocoon and at least I'll, me and the Lord will be okay, you know. But the Lord is calling us forth, calling us out in relationship. And it looks different for every single person in here. Uh, so, you know, keep going past the, you know, so that was kind of hitting the belittling our gift. You know, I think a lot of times we just look down. I mean, I think I love the, I, mean, I look around because I, I see a lot of people doing a lot of things, you know. I love how you take care of widows. You know, I love how, you know, Laura Dean writes letter, letters. If you've gotten a, a, a letter from Laura Dean, you know, well, you know, all these little things that the body, you know, you talk about like pouring in and pouring out of one another. I mean, it's those little things that, you know, how you love on somebody on a Sunday morning could be huge. Could be the biggest thing ever for somebody. It's huge. And so I'm going to get Leah to come and talk about a little bit about a lack of understanding and confidence. This is always good because I love to talk fast, so <laughs> we've got to wrap it up. So this is just, and I don't have time to really be funny, so that's <laughs> a relief to me. Although I was thinking, oh my goodness, I don't think Mitch and I have really prepared that much of our estate. But, <laughs> but, but thinking about growing older, it's, it's funny. The one thing I think about, about being older, I told Mitch, I was like, just make, or maybe I, t- I don't know who I told. I was like, can you just make sure someone plucks my eyebrows? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know why. That just seems horrific to me that no one, no one would have. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, everyone, just make sure someone plucks my eyebrows. But you would not believe how much eyebrow I have. But anyway, it's, it's, it's slowly stopped growing. And if we just flip through these scriptures, there are up there, aren't they? I'm going to have to look them up. But um, Ephesians, actually go to Ephesians 4, 7 through 8 first, yeah. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high and he led captive a host of captives, he gave gifts to men. And um, 
I just felt like the Lord was this one statement I was just hearing him say was confidence to embrace that he is the giver of gifts. And I felt like I love being in front worshiping. Fortunately, like, I just cry. Like, when I feel the presence, I just cry all the time. So if you see me crying, it's usually because it's just really sweet and God's love that just watching just even worshiping um, just some of these young girls and just their life and just seeing the Lord just really speaking to them, but them just being who they are, like ministers to my heart. And I felt like like this place to embrace, like sometimes we don't even embrace that he has given us a gift. So really not only embracing that he has given us a gift, but embracing the fact that each one of us is a gift of God. Mm. Like each one of us is a gift of God. I mean, out of these 13 years with DP, like the thing that's more desperate in me is the fact that we need everyone. Mm. Like we need everyone. Mm. Like we need everything that y'all bring because no one else can bring what you can bring. That's right. And I felt like a lot of times what is buried is us. Like we do not value who God has said we are, and we bury who we are. And, um, and I felt like that the Lord was, was really calling us out, some of us out of this place of a grave because we have not valued our worth to him and really to others. Like, I need what, what everyone brings. Like, I desperately need that. Like, this is not something the body and the, the body as a whole, nationally and world, cannot function on its own. We need each other. And I really felt like it's just powerful, too, because it's talking about Jesus ascending this place. And 2 Corinthians is really going to hit this. But, like, he gives us, but before he in that process of giving gifts, he gives the Holy Spirit. And he sends the Holy Spirit. So, that, I mean, he said, he's like, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. It's better for you because he will never leave you. And I felt like this, this place of value is that he's placed, as a believer, he places the Holy Spirit in me. Um, and so for 2 Corinthians, you have to flip back one. The, the statement I kept on hearing was the confidence to express that which is in us. And, um, and I love this. You are a letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, not written, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And just that powerful, like, like, you're written with the spirit of living God. Like, each of, each of you, each of us has, like, the Holy Spirit has written upon our hearts. And such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so I felt like even in this place of gifting, this confidence 
comes from, gosh, he just takes the pressure off. Like, Mm -hmm. it's him in us. Our adequacy is him in us. And the purpose of it, the purpose of the Spirit and him in us is to give life. And I just really felt like that, like he has created us to live. Like he's created us to live. Like he's calling us to live. Like even... I love Cam. I mean, you see all the kids walking in, and it just amazes me what is in them. Like, what is in them is amazing to me. What is in us is amazing, and he's calling us um, to live in that. So, so, yeah, so confidence to embrace that we are a gift, and he gives us gifts, and then a confidence to express it. That, that was one of my favorite scriptures um, as I was coming in because I, I never felt confident, adequate to be anywhere where I was at in ministry at all. Um, and I love that verse because it, frees, it begins to bring freedom because it's like, Mitch, you don't have to be adequate because your adequacy is definitely from the Lord. And that's the best place to have it, you know, that you believe that the, of the God that's in you and that you believe that God has not only given confidence that he's given, but that he can bring that forth in you. Um, So let's look at these last two real quick. Some of us don't believe or feel like our gift is is valued, you know, because sometimes, you know, know, I was telling Shelly earlier, you know, sometimes I wish, you know, even as a leader, I could like, you know, just pick out every one, every single one of you and just try to somehow get into that, you know, place in your heart that God's gifted and, and and you want to express that and, and tell you to come, come bring it forth and call it out, you know. But I know I'm, I, I, I won't do that all the time. So there's a place in you that you've got to be so confident in God's heart that He values it. And that when He values it, then the reality is that where you express it, He values that. And so even like this week when I couldn't go in and do the ministry that I had a heart to do. You know, it would have been really nice for me to go back and be able to say, you know, well, gosh, you know, they didn't value it, but God, you value that. Help me to find the other place that I can love on somebody. And if I think if I'd have done that, I probably would have easily found Keith to have been a great person to love on because um, he had a lot of stuff in him. You think about this Jeremiah passage. I love this. Um, go on to that. You know, Lord, <laughs> this is Jeremiah. Well, he was a what? He was a prophet to who? Israel, right? And so, I mean, you think about, I'm a, you know, I'm a prophet, yeah. I'm a prophet to a nation. Look at what he said. <laughs> oh, Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. I've become a laughingstock all day long. So the reality is, is that not everybody's going to value the fact that you're coming to them with a prophetic word to turn their hearts back to God. But that's what Jeremiah was trying to do. That was his gifting. That was his calling. And then nobody wanted to hear him. He was a laughingstock. But all of a sudden, he, said, he makes this. I love this. Uh, where he, well, sorry. Go back to that one. Everyone mocks me for each time I speak. I cry aloud. I proclaim violence, destruction. Keep going. Because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But I love this statement. But if I say, I will not remember him or speak anymore in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones. 
and I am weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. You know, Jeremiah said, I cannot do anything but flip this thing on. Because, God, this is what you've given me. This is what you've declared. So I just pray that that's going to be our heart. I don't, it doesn't matter. You know, don't, you know, don't go be a jerk about things. You know, I don't think Jeremiah was a jerk about things. I think he was declaring supernatural life even when they couldn't ex- receive it. Okay? So, but he flipped this thing on. He said, I'm going to give it anyway. Otherwise, it's going to be shut up in my bones, and I'm going to, he really was going to, he felt like he was going to die if he didn't do it, if he didn't walk in it. He didn't be it, just like um, Jim said last week, being that, not only doing it, but being, he was being the prophetic voice of the kingdom, you know, so there's that. Also, the last one, sometimes you've tried to employ the giftedness in you, and it, it bombed out. Anybody been there? I mean... There's a lot of times, like, you know, and some, some Sundays I go home and go, good night, I don't think I'll go back, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but <laughs> it felt like words were like, you know. And there's places where, you know, you know, I get around that, but there's reality that sometimes you feel like it bombed, and, you know, there's this perceived failure, and some of us have that perceived failure. It's a perception you know, you think about Heidi Baker. What if she, you know, she got a call that she was going to do what? Lay hands on the, the blind and they were going to what? See, how many years did it take for that to happen? Of praying specifically for eyes and for that not to be, and for them to be healed. And for the first, the first one that got healed, I'm pretty sure it was like two and a half years into that ministry. What if she had just said, well, I guess I missed that, you know, I I know it's a passion in me. I know that God's called me to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. But ultimately, I must have missed that because almost now she lays hands on those blind eyes and they see almost 100%. So sometimes there's this place where, no, I got to get back up. And some of us may just need that encouragement this morning. Get back up. You know, keep trying. You know, I love this scripture. You know, solid food is for the mature because of practice. You know, sometimes... In practice, you don't do everything right, but you keep getting up. You keep walking in that place of giftedness in you. What does the Lord put in you? What did you, like Jim said last week, he was talking about, you know, what do you like to do? Well, I like to speak to somebody. Well, then what do you, if you like to speak to someone, then, then go speak to that. Well, what do you, who do you want to go speak to? Well, I want to speak to that person. Well, then go, you know, it's like what is the Lord putting in your spirit? Some of you just like to serve. You know, there's a gift of serving. I mean, you go, we're not going to go through all those gifts, but there's gifts of administration, you know, some of you administrate incredibly, but you don't even think of that as really a God thing. You, you just think, well, I'm just doing that to do it. No, just you got to start realizing that place of value on that, uh, and that place to get, get up and try it again. What's the next, the next one? And don't let, let us not lose heart in doing well, you know, because in due time I will reap. And so really to end this, you know, I just really felt like the Lord was saying, well, so how do I release that flow? You know, how do I get, get that thing going? Well, I just remember 2 Timothy 1.6 is what? Stir up the gift. Kindle a fire. Kindle afresh the, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hand. You know, there was activation. There was this place where, you know, Timothy, uh, you know, just took this opportunity and Paul laid hands on him and, and just said, kindle that you know, kindle that afresh. And I just felt like there's, there's some in here that may, may just need to do that. Uh, is Ben in still in here? Ben, uh, ben in here. Oh, okay. 
I was just going to get him to play something. Or Amy. Is Amy in here? Amy's over here. Amy, can you just <laughs> strum your guitar, please? <laughs> so I just felt like I'm going to kind of close this out, but I really believe that there's some of us in here that really something in there, whether it's comparison, whether it's I'm living under fear, uh, intimidation, whether it's I just don't, I, I don't even have confidence. I don't have this, I don't even have the understanding of what God's put in me, but I don't have confidence or I really believe that God wants me to walk in that. Or maybe it's this place of really not, not feeling like your gift is valued. And you need to sh- break that off and shake that off because God values that. I think I'm in the same place with Leah, she, you know, when she's saying, like, from my perspective, like, I see value in every single one. Like, every single person in this place has extreme value. Now, do we always have a great, you know, mentality to always value that? No. Or speak to that? No. But you got to hear the voice. I, in that pretty dark moment this week when I was walking and I spent a lot of time by the river. I mean, one of the greatest things about a river is, is like, sit by that waterfall and it's almost deafening. But it's also the most peaceful place for me. Because everything else is like shunned out. And all I can hear is that waterfall. And all I can hear is the voice of God speaking and declaring that value. I mean, that's that place. So I just felt like the Lord is just saying, maybe you need somebody to lay hands on you this morning. Stir up that gift. You know, stir up that's what's within you. Uh, and maybe you tried to employ it at some point And it bombed. Or... Maybe it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. And, and God wants to redeem that. So let's, can we just stand? And I'm going to pray that over us. I'm going to release us. If I can get some people that will come and just pray, that would be great. Um, and I'm just going to pray this. Lord, I just, I just declare, God, just for a release of, Lord, the flow of the grace of God in this body. I just want to speak that again. I want to release, Lord, the flow of the grace of God in this body. Lord, there is, Lord, incredible, immeasurable life in this body. There's incredible giftedness in this body. There's incredible, Lord, just your kingdom. Facets of who you are. Lord, you made us in your likeness. You declared it into each one. And Lord, for I have a facet of that, and each one in here has a facet of that. And, Lord, I just I thank you. I wouldn't take any colors out of the rainbow. But, and, Lord, so I can't, can't take anyone out of this room because each one is important to the flow of God's grace in this place. So, Lord, I just pray that for a release. Lord, right now, for a release of the Holy Spirit to begin to kindle afresh. If you just need that this morning, nobody's looking around. I just want you to raise your hand, just acknowledge that, and just... I just declare that, Lord, for me, God. I just declare I need a, the, the gift of God, just the kindling of that, the grace of God in my life, God. Lord, just kindle afresh. Stir that up, God, in us. Lord, where it would be like Jeremiah, where he would declare, God, it's going to be, I can't, I can't not express it because it's going to be too shut up in my bones. I, 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 will, I will burst forth before I do that. God, I just pray that, Lord, whether it's, a, whether it's serving or whether it's, declaring and speaking forth or anything in between. Lord, is it, Lord, all of it's important. 
Lord, there's so many parts to, even I was just thinking about that this week, you know, there's some fuses in my car that if the fuse isn't in there, it doesn't work. So, Lord, I just pray that, God, that we would not belittle, Lord, that which you've declared into each one, each one of us. So release that today. Release that right now. I just speak that, God. Release that into this body. God, just a freedom to enjoy, a freedom to have confidence, a freedom to to live, a freedom to do what Joe was talking about, like come back down to earth and say, God, all right, let me start little. I know that maybe you have something crazy big or maybe there's going to be thousands in the future that I speak to, but God, let me start with the one. Let me start with just loving on one and being so content in that and being so life-giving in that. Lord, I pray that over this body, a release, a release. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I bless them, and I just declare that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to ask if you want that on a personal level. You know, I, I know that we raised your hand, but if you want that on a personal level, come and grab one of us before you leave. But other than that, have a great week. Go uh, employ and serve the kingdom of God as you go. Amen? Amen. All right, you're dismissed.